Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for the gathering, the midweek Bible study that you give us an opportunity to come and, and to partake with. We pray that tonight our eyes would be opened to an aspect of our life here on the earth that we might not have known up, up until tonight that we came into the house of the Lord and were able to listen to your word. So bless your word and prosper it in our hearts. Take from us that which you want to give us to make us prosper. We pray in Jesus' name that this word would transform our lives and we could actually say before tonight, we didn't know these things, and after tonight, no one will be able to take away that which you deposit and impart into our lives. So give us wisdom tonight. Give us the insight of the bread of life. Give us that double-edged sword that pierces deeper than the heart and the soul, the feelings and our circumstances, and allow us, Lord, to walk in your mindset and in your understanding. Prosper your word in our hearts and in our lives and in our families. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We're sitting there in Romans 9, 1, uh, 2, and 3. We have said that Paul is concerned with those that are not getting what God has given them. He says, I have great sorrow and grief in my heart. That's, gr that's deep depression. That's usually the state you have when... The purpose of God is not being fulfilled. And he says in verse 3, I wish that I would be cursed, that I would not get what I'm getting, so that others might be able to find it. My brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh. He's talking about that there was a lot of people of Israel that were not walking in the rewards of God's provision. Verse 4, he begins to list these things that God has for those that are near. These who are chosen, God's people, to them belong the adoption, that God treats you like a son and you're part of the family, the glory, we talked about the expression of all those things that God has for us in his perfection. That means life according to perfection. And we know so, a lot of people have sinned and they fall short of the glory of God because they're not waiting, they're not living, they're not inheriting. Uh, he says to them pertain not only the adoption and the glory, but the covenants we talked about that last week. Uh, what is a covenant? You should know. If you're lost, you don't know what a covenant is. You're not in a relationship with God because God only has a relationship with mankind according to covenants. If you don't know about the covenants, you don't have a relationship with God. You don't know what the basis of the new covenant is that is the blood of Jesus. What was poured out on the cross 2,000 years ago was something very serious that was initiating the new covenant in his blood. That means God is going to perform his goodness upon those who have entered into that covenant and do not, um, do not despise, do not withdraw. God is faithful to those that are in covenant. But look what it says, the next one. Uh, it, we already said adoptions, the glory, the covenants. Now, this next one is the giving of the law. When they write that word down there in Romans 9, 4, the giving of the law could also be seen um, and translated the revelation. 
The fact that God peels back and gives you a eyesight and vision into that which other people don't have. Why would God want to give his laws to his people? That they might live life according to his ways. And there are all sorts and manner of descriptions. Uh, you could also say the giving of the instruction. The giving of, I put down here, the learning. The school of the spirit. To be able to be taught about this life from a godly perspective. So that's what God wants to do. And that's what happened to me at the age of 16. I walked into the house of God for the first time. And God began to talk to me about his order. One of the first things that I heard. And I freaked out. I almost ran out. No sex before marriage. In 1983, to hear these words were saying, don't breathe anymore. Don't breathe. How could I not have sex before I get married? That's insane. Okay? But then God began to give me a whole bunch of other aspects of his ways, his teachings. And so um, one of the translations, the Message Bible says it like this. Paul speaking, he says, These are my family and I grew up with them. They had everything going for them. They had family, the adoption, they had glory, the manifest perfection of God. They had covenants. They had revelation. They had worship and promises to say nothing of being the race that produced the Messiah, uh, the Christ, who is God over everything. So this instruction is from the one who gives it, James 4.12. What is the source of the law? There's only one lawgiver, and it's not your mother-in-law. Okay, it's not your husband. It's not, it, there is one lawgiver. And because he's able to give us these instructions, we're able to be saved. And without them, we are destroyed. So man has a tendency to want to call the shots. But there's only one lawgiver. And you do well if you tell people about it. The word, um, Law, uh, to them was given the law, is uh, nomothesia. Um, that's the, that's, the, that's the, the Greek word, and it basically means the place where the line is drawn, establishing the provision and the standard of God's Right and wrong. So, so these things are, um, the, in other words, there's only one who tells you where are the boundaries of blessing. And if you keep his instruction and you stay within the ballpark of these boundaries, you're able to be saved. And you're able to obtain a measure of wisdom beyond your years and an understanding that will make you a great people, a great nation. Let's read that in Deuteronomy 4.6. God tells his people, I'm giving you information that you're to be careful to observe them. For this will be your wisdom and your understanding. And all people will see 
that there's something special about you. There's something that sets you apart, giving you more wisdom and more understanding than the person next to you. He says, who will hear, who will hear all these statutes and say, surely, I'll point at you, they'll say, this is a great nation who's a wise and understanding people. Now, there's a lot of street smart people and they think, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to learn my own lesson. I'm going to go my own way. And all that ends up happening is they prove their foolishness. I, I, I say it for a long time. I've been saying, you know, go ahead and do your own thing so that I can show my children and make you an example of what a fool looks like. Because God says if you keep his ways, other people will say about you, there's wisdom and there's understanding. Uh, and, and so we see this is a gift. There's no amount of money in the world that can give you the wisdom and the acknowledgement to be seen as an understanding people. They're like, man, how did you figure that one out? How is it that you, you know, you're prospering? Look at your relationship with your wife. Wow. Look at your children, how they respect you. Whoa. Everybody's freaking out. And all we're doing is that we're walking in the gift of God. He's given us his instruction. We were talking about that on Monday with the men, that it is a blessing to have a God who's already marked the boundaries. He's been gracious. Uh, verse 8, a couple verses down, Deuteronomy 4, 8, he says, they will say, and what great nation is there? What other people upon the earth are there who have such statutes and righteous judgments as are all in this law which I set before you this day? I want you to ask that question to you. Where else do people find the rules that govern their lives? Uh, I went to the bookstore one time. Give me a book on financial prosperity. A whole list of books. Give me a book on relational ethics. A whole. Give me a give me a book on on uh, mental uh, peace. All the psychological books. So so you have the intensity of the world trying to inform you, and here God is giving you not books, but the book. God is giving you, if you follow this, the ways of the Lord, the prosperity you will experience will far surpass all the authors. I was, uh, one of the books that, that came out a while back, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, men are from Mars. Um, the guy's name is John Gray. Uh, powerful best-selling book. But what happens when he's on his fifth marriage? What do you say? When he's not successful in understanding manhood or womanhood or relationships. So um, I, I want this one. I, I want the book that says that men came from God's heart and women were fashioned to be his helper and, and to follow in line with this law. What other people are there 
What other book is there in the world that gives man an ability to be able to live, uh, the ability to be instructed? So you see here, we were reading Job 12.2 this week with the men. When Job is being confronted with his friends, he says, oh, I know. There's no doubt that you're the people and that wisdom will always be in your tents, in your gatherings, in your community. Where has God deposited his laws amongst his people? You're not going to be able to get what we're hearing tonight. You're not going to be able to get at the Dolphin Mall. If you go into the Sprint store and that you ask a question, they're not going to be able to give you what you're getting here. Why? Because there's no doubt that wisdom is here amongst the people of God. And you should find your answers to your questions amongst God's people. Where do you find milk? Anybody know where to find milk? In a cow. That's an easy one. Where do you find an apple? In an apple tree. Orange on an orange tree. Where do you find wisdom? Amongst the people of God. Why? Because God has given us his rules. He's given us his laws. He's given us his instruction. So we understand that in that regards. Now watch this. Jeremiah 8.8. 8. These laws, the Jewish people began to say, we are wise. And the prophet says, how can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with you? What makes you wise? The law of the Lord. And you have a false pen and you're changing the word of God. How can you walk in wisdom if you change the words of God's laws? If when God says something, you have a different opinion. How can you say you're wise and the law of the Lord is with you when you're changing what God has said? Uh, verse 9, these type of wise men will be ashamed. They will be dismayed. They will faint. They will be taken. Why? Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom could they have? They have decided we have another opinion. We have another mindset. We have another perspective. Uh, this was taking place in Job's life in chapter 12 where he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And he was just playing it off. But the truth of the matter is I pray that after tonight you would cherish the fact that God has given you his word. The Bible says, meditate on his word day and night so that everything you do prospers, so that you will be wise in fact. Let's go there. Psalm 1, the, the, the law of the Lord is what allows you to prosper. Well, why are we reading 50 other books and trying to derive another mindset? Here it is. Verse 2, Psalm 1, verse 2, he says, Psalm 1, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Let's go to verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not. You're not walking in what other ungodly people say. You don't stand with sinners. You don't sit with those that mock the word of God. Verse 2. The blessed is the man who walks not in these things, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and that which God handed down. In this law, he meditates day and night. His life is consumed with the knowledge of God's instruction. Verse 3. He will be like a healthy plant that's planted, a healthy tree planted by the rivers of water that will have fruits born in season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The word prosperity again, tied to the law of the Lord, to the meditating. Why have we not prospered? Because we have not kept his ways. Look what Hosea chapter 8 verse 12 says. He says, um, even though... I penned a thousand instructions, even though I have written for him many great things that are sitting there in my law, but they all consider these writings of my law a strange thing. Huh, what is it? No sex before marriage. What is it all about? I have to pray. I have to read the Bible. I go to church. What are all these strange things? Listen to people. What do you mean listen to people? All the things that are in his law, the establishment of his order. Again, the, the word that is saying there, to them belong the adoptions, the glory, the covenant, the revelation, the being able to sit where there's invisible parameters and boundaries of blessing. And, and you know what? A, a lot of times they're not physical boundaries. A lot of times they're, they're just precepts and principles and a lot of people even the Lord and I want you to understand what God is saying here I have written for my people the many great things that are there in my law for him but they considered it a strange thing it's foreign uh, there, are, there are people that memorize all these rap songs they memorize all the stats in sports. They memorize the stock exchange and the percentages. They memorize the books. But then when it comes to the word of God, they're like, huh, huh, this is. They're lost in what they should be versed in. Um, I want to tell you just something so that you know, and this is going to blow your mind away. By the age of 12, the Hebrew son had memorized the law of God. By 12, they knew the entire Old Testament. And that's why their first reading of the law was celebrated in their bar mitzvah. They would stand up before the people. They say, from now on, if you want to know what God says, come to me because I already know it. And they learned the principles of God's word. And that's how foreign and how far we are from where we should be. And so you see these kids, they memorize the, the wimpy kid, they memorize Harry Potter, they memorize all the stuff, all the games, all the levels, and they're so foolish when it comes to the Word of God. They don't spend any time. They spend four to six hours playing video games, but they spend zero time in the gift of the law of the Lord. It's a spiritual gift. It's a blessing. And so Hosea not only says in 4.6, uh, I'm sorry, 8.12 says, I've written him 10,000 things out of my law, but they regard, regard it as a strange thing. That's weird. The Bible is over there. I don't understand it. 
And then you talk to them about anything else, and they all know. They, knew the, they know the trilogy of Star Wars. They know Yoda. They know the, the Force, the Stormtroopers. They know all this stuff, and they consider the law of the Lord as something foreign, like if it was written in Chinese. They don't understand it. So now let's go to Hosea 4.6, where previously he told Hosea, tell my people that they're destroyed because they don't have knowledge. Because you have rejected the knowledge of my word, I will reject you from being my people, my priest. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget about your children. You have nothing to pass down to the next generation if you're foreign to the word of God, if you're foreign to the knowledge of God. And this is of great concern. We are the people of God. Uh, Paul talks about how good the law is, 1 Timothy 1.8. He says, we know that the law of the Lord is good, and it's good when men don't use it for religion, but they use it to advance in the purpose of God. We know that the law is good. A lot of people say, well, um, we just went up to a gathering of college kids, rehab, drug addicts, and every time they had a question, I would say, listen, the word of God says this, and they would say, oh, you always say what the word of God says. I go, yeah. That's, that's what governs my life. That's what governs prosperity. That's what gives me a blessing. It gives me peace. I'm able to establish the order of God. It tells me who to hang out with and who not to hang out with, where to go and where not to go. We know the law is good if one uses it appropriately. Verse 9, knowing that the law is not made for the perfect person, but for those that are not in the law, those that don't know of the law. Who are those that don't know the law? The ones that are insubordinate. What's insubordinate? They have no clue how important authority is. Insubordinate means they don't come under the submission of God's order. So how many think you're going to be able to prosper insubordinately? Not even. I was just talking to Gerardo last night. He's up in... Um, the New Hampshire area, he's playing with his new band. And he says, you don't understand how important it was for me to be at the church for three years before I got this job because it's taught me how to be subordinate. It's taught me how to be respectful. It's taught me how to order, how to honor the authority of the leaders that are in this band. The guy that was there before him got fired because he was insubordinate. He could not follow orders. He could not be led. He says it's not only for the lawless, but the law is for the ungodly, for the sinner, for the unholy, for the profane, for those that do not walk according to God's ways. So when we see that God has given us this law, we should walk in it. Psalm 147 verse 18. As God sends forth his word, everything else melts. Everything else falls apart. He causes his wind to blow and the waters to flow. It's the word of God that leads all of God's provisions. Verse 19, he declares his word. He speaks his word. Verse 19, he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. Verse 20, has not God, has not he has not dealt thus with any other nation. God is not into giving his teaching to those that don't want it. And as for his judgments, 
They have not known them. God has not given his ways to your friends and relatives and family members and neighbors. He's given it to you. And they have not known his judgments. They have not known. And it's something you should celebrate. Romans 2.14, he talks about those that don't have his word. He says, the Gentiles who do not have the law. The other, that's the same word, the revelation. Those that are not in relationship with God do not have his laws. What makes you special? You do have it. How do they govern their ways? Twisted. They by nature do the things in the law. These all, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. They're trying to figure out life blindfolded. They're just feeling their way, trying to find out where their stairs are. And it makes for a difficult things to find stairways when you don't have the map, when you don't have the blueprint. Super important. The Gentiles do not have the law, and they're trying to figure it out by nature. Verse 15, one of the things that they use is who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience gives them witness between themselves and their thoughts, either accusing them or else excusing. When uh, you don't have God's teaching, you're going through life suffering. And when you suffer, you learn what not to do. And when you're not suffering, you learn what to do. Romans 3.2, it says, What do these people called the Jews, what has been given to them? Let's go to verse 1. It says, What makes the Jews special? What advantage then is it to be a Jew? And what profit is it to know about circumcision? Well, when you're God's people, verse 2, he says the advantage is that they have, it's, there's a big advantage in many ways, chiefly because they were committed the law of God, the spoken word of God. Uh, these things that God shows upon the earth and starts speaking words, and, and he starts dividing the light from the darkness, and he says there's blessing over here, there's curse over here. If you act like this, it will go well with you. If you act like that, it's going to be a horrible nightmare. Your enemies are going to encroach upon you and tear you apart and steal from you. But if you do this, it will go well with you. And he begins to describe everything. He says much in many ways, and chiefly because to them he committed his instructions his revelations the word oracle means the words of God the revelations God spoke to his people that's what makes them special Acts 7 38 um, they would say Moses was with our ancestors in the gathering of God's people in the wilderness Moses was there in the desert with God's people with the angel who spoke to him from Mount Sinai the angel came down spoke to him when he was with the fathers and he gave them the one who received the living instruction. That's what it says right there. That when, when Moses went up to the mountain and God gave him all these words, he came down with living instruction. Or uh, one of the translations here uh, was he received 
life-giving words, the words that give life that is to be passed down to us. They're to be passed down from generation to generation. So what did, what did Moses say? Listen, all these words that God has given me, I'm going to write them down, and you're to keep them in trust. Deuteronomy 31, 24. All these things God has spoken to me, which is a gift to no other nation has he done that. So it was when Moses had completed writing the words of this law in a book, when he was finished writing all the stuff down, everything written down, verse 25, he gave it to the Levites, to his servants, that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant, saying, verse 26, take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord that it might be there as a witness against you, that God is communicating himself to us, that God is revealing to us what he's revealed to no one. And so in that regards, Romans 1.19 says, all things known of God are evident. God has established these things because what may be known of God is manifest to them. What, you don't have to guess at what God wants you to do. You don't have to sit there and override what prosperity, for God has shown it to you. God has made it available. 2 Timothy 3.16, every single word in the Bible is given as by inspiration of God. God has given us this, this blessing, and it is profitable for teaching. It's profitable uh, for teaching it's good for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. There's, there's four areas. We've done this before. Um, here it is. The four things the Bible teaches you. What is right, what is wrong, how to fix what you messed up in, and how to get back on track. How to stay on track. That's that righteousness, instruction in righteousness. So the four areas is doctrine is what is good, reproof is what is bad, correction for what you messed up, and instruction to get back on and to stay on track, to stay and not go off, off course. So he says the word of God, all the word of God is good for these four areas. Who needs to know what is good? All of us. Who knows how to uh, stay away from things that are bad? I want to know where I'm being tricked. Who wants to correct when you, um, you know, one of the things that, that happens with a pencil that doesn't have an eraser, you can't fix what you did wrong. That to me is a curse. But the word of God has where you could get it right. You could sit there and say, I messed up, but I'm going to change it and I'm going to get it right. And then the instruction to not mess up again, that's a blessing. Deuteronomy, I mean, Jeremiah 33, 3, we call upon the name of the Lord, and he will show us great and mighty things. He's going to reveal things to you out of his word that you do not know. When you call upon the Lord, he'll answer and show you great and mighty things which you know not. The instruction of the word of God. To be able to, to know what God wants you to do, when he wants you to do it, how he wants you to do it. Daniel 2.22 says that God reveals the hidden things. 
God is going to uncover. He's going to be able to show you the direction you're to go in. He reveals the deep and secret things. And people want to, to, to pursue understanding that's not in God. He knows what is in the darkness and the things of light dwell with him. Lord, shed some light on this. Give me an, a, a purview. Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret counsel to his servants. Lord, show me the way I'm to go. Show me the times I'm to live. Show me the decisions I'm to make. For sure, if God is revealing things, he wants to not keep you in the dark. I want to say that those people that walk in the humility to ask God every morning are the ones that prosper the most. Those that seek the ways of God, you're not, you're not going to stumble. You're not going to fall. I love how David says in Psalm 119, verse 18, Lord, open my eyes so that I could see the wonderful things that are in the law that you've written there for me. Open my eyes. Don't, you know, a lot of people, we see all the miracles that Jesus did in the New Testament. We see the blind people getting healed, and we're like, wow, how does that happen? The same way he wants to heal you from not being able to see the things that are secret and in his law for your prosperity. So you can pray this prayer and say, open my eyes, Lord, so that I might see the wonderful things that you have there written in the law. And still some people don't own a Bible. Some people own a Bible and don't read it. But to have the attitude, open my eyes, speak to me. Here in Proverbs 22:20, 20, he says, Have I not written to you excellent things, secret counsel, and secret knowledge? Have I not written to you excellent things that pertain to counsel and knowledge? What's the answer to this question? Yes, you have written wonderful things that pertain to excellent counsel and knowledge. Men tell me all the time, I, I don't hear God speak. I'm like, read your Bible, bozo. Read your Bible. God will speak to you. He will show you incredible things. This is what David would say about the Bible in Psalm 19, verse 7. He says, Lord, when I pick up the law of the Lord, I see that it's perfect, and it transforms my emotions. 19, verse 7. One of the things that affects us the most, it's Psalm 19, verse 7. One of the things that affects us the most in being able to navigate the purposes of God is that our soul is against it. There's a natural inclination to despise the ways of God because sinful nature wants to go through easy and sleazy. And the law of the Lord is perfect and it transforms your soul. It says when you sit there and consider the laws of the Lord, it makes the foolish person wise, making wise the simple. Verse 8 these ways are right, and when you keep them, they rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It gives light and insight to your eyes. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous, every single one of them. Verse 10, they are to be more desired than gold, yes, much more than fine gold, and it's sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. 
Why? Verse 11. Because in your law I am warned, and by keeping your law there is great reward. I'm going to be super blessed. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have prosperity. I'm going to have blessing. I'm going to be warned to not fall in and away from your design. Now let's read Psalm 119.97 where it says, How I love your law. The affections of Lord teach me your law. Open my eyes to keep your law. I want to have a inner commitment of my heart to meditate all day. What is your affections on daily? Going to the mall, speaking to a friend, reading a good book, being educated. David was saying, my law, the law of God is my love. And it has become my meditation, not day and night, but all the day. All day long, I'm, I'm sitting there pursuing your instruction. Why? Verse 98, because it makes me wiser than my enemies. Verse 98, through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies, for my enemies are constantly all over me. Not only am I wiser than my enemies, verse 99, I'm wiser than my teachers. I have more understanding than all my teachers. This, this has to be an incredible text. A teacher is supposed to teach, yet the law of the Lord makes you wiser than those that are teaching. For your testimonies, how you want me to live life, is my meditation. And not only wiser than my enemies and more insight than my teachers, the next verse says... I have more understanding than the people have lived a long time, than the elderly, than those who have gone before me. Your laws teach me a wisdom that older people don't even know because I keep your precepts, I keep your principles. And what does that allow me to do? Verse 101, it restrains my feet from every evil way. I don't have to stumble. I don't have to fall. I don't have to mess up. I don't have to say I'm sorry. It restrains my feet to not go astray that I might keep your word. Verse 104, he says, I hate messing up. I hate every false way. 119.104. Your precepts, through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every lie. Hey, if you do this business and then you come out here, it's a bunch of lies. Hey, if you go over there and you do this, this, a bunch of lies. But the word of God, when you do what it says, you're going to get truth. You're going to get results, reward. So he says in verse 105, Lord, your laws, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, so that I not stumble, so that I not go astray. Let's stand tonight. And say, Lord, why have we put away the word of God as a strange thing that we do not understand? If you've given it to us as a gift, the revelation of your word, let's, let's pursue it, not in the intellect, but in a manner which we allow the spirit of God 
I love, uh, we'll read this real quick, Proverbs chapter 1, where he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. A lot of people don't want to read the word of God because they don't know how to apply it. But here it says that Proverbs 1, 22 and 23, he says, um, How long will simple people love simplicity and mockers delight in making mockery? Scorners delight in scorning and fools hate knowledge. Verse 23. If you turn when I call you, turn at my rebuke and surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make you, I will make my words known to you. I will, I, will, I will take the scales off your eyes so that you're not foreign. Uh, a lot of people cannot stand us because we live according to the word of God. Because that is just a gift God has given us. And, and those that don't have a Bible, those that don't read the Bible, those that have the Bible and read it and memorize it and don't do what it says and are not instructed in their spirit, it's a sad thing. You'll see it in their lives that even though like Satan, they know all the word of God. They don't obey any of it. They don't live their life according to the God's spirit and his word. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for opening up our eyes that to have the word of God is a blessing. We pray tonight that our eyes would be able to see that these are not religious affairs. They're not denominational affairs. They're a God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth and created man to walk in the counsel of the Lord. This thing of having a Bible is nothing short of a miracle. This thing about being able to understand the ways of God and the timing of God and the relationships of God and the honor that you call us to have in this book I pray that you would give us a heart to welcome your word and to invite your laws and to set priorities and our interests would be established according to your word. I pray that in the hearts of everyone that's here and those that listen to this message will begin to understand what a great gift God has given to us in delivering your instruction, your revelation. Words of wisdom that cause us to prosper in all our ways. We pray in Jesus' name that your word would be our standard and measure that would be able to direct our feet and our time as we live upon the earth that we might abound in the life you have for us here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.